welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we discuss the departures of Sean Moulton and Nathan Chamberlain at the end of the season and ponder what this means for the Bears squad. There's also our thoughts on recent media interviews by Stephen Luatoa and Pat Lamb, as well as a roundup of club news. We'll also talk about what the latest lockdown statement by the Prime Minister might mean for this season's Gallagher Premiership Rugby and European competitions. Will rugby ever be the same in England when it eventually returns after COVID-19? I'm Tony and this week I'm joined on the phone by Lee and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, boys, uh, lovely to have you on the phone. Unfortunately, Miles couldn't make it um, tonight. Something I think he, he had to call off right at the last minute. Um, I believe he's got a friend that's got a problem selling a chalet in Verbier, so he's trying to help him with a, a bit of finance. So uh, couldn't, could, couldn't make it today. But uh, Lee, how are you faring in the lockdown? Great to Great to hear from you again. Yeah, good to be uh, be back on the pod. Uh, apologies for my non-appearance last time. Um, I, I, I'm really stuck, boys. I'm uh, I'm bored, crapless at home, to be honest. But I'm adhering to um, government advice and keeping for myself at home, apart from my uh, my dog walks. And uh, yeah, I'm being a good boy, really, doing a lot of tidying up and uh, and painting at home, basically. And how about you, Pete? How how's things round at your place? <laughs> Well, boys, I mean, well, yeah, well, nice to nice to talk to you, fellas. Um, uh, yeah, obviously, um, it's been a bit of a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm as busy as you, busy as ever, Tony. Um, you know, teaching. Not only have I, I've got to kind of do my stuff at home with my students. I've also got my two daughters at home and trying to supervise their learning and uh, yeah it's 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 a busy time um you know having to kind of re retrain myself to do it all online and stuff and uh, yeah at times it's been uh, it's been pretty stressful but actually other other aspects of it have been have been quite good actually so uh, yeah mixed bag like i imagine virtually everybody else in uh, in society at the moment well it's sunday evening we've just watched uh, prime minister boris johnson tell us about uh, the plans for lockdown so we'll we'll come back to that a little bit later in the show but let's first of all concentrate on the bristol bear news. Since, since we last talked a month ago, we've got uh, two confirmed departures from the Bristol Bears squad. That's Sean Moulton, the hooker, and Nathan Chamberlain, the fly half from the academy. So uh, let's uh, let, let's talk about those two departures. So let me come to Pete first and your thoughts on Sean Moulton leaving at the end of the season. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we might have mentioned this briefly last time we we spoke, but um, and I think um, we sort of felt that yeah, it was it was a, it was a real shame because he's obviously been a, a stalwart and uh, you know has had some storming games, but perhaps you know in the new context of of the kind of new environment that you know a few players, you know the third picks may may end up struggling a bit to be retained, and you know he's probably been undone by the the kind of rapid rise of. Um, Will Cape on with his cap on. He came on a lot this season. And obviously, we know we've got young Klosker in the academy as well, back up. You know, may have to fast track him up a bit. And I think poor old Sean Moore probably got caught in the 
in a sort of a perfect storm. Um, and I do also think that I wonder whether he looks back at those last two games that he played before the lockdown where he didn't have his best two games and, uh, you know, may rue the fact that if there had been a few more games in the season, he might have, you know, been retained. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you think, boys. Well, Lee, let me come to you. I agree with that. I think... Yeah, no, I was just I was just going to ask, do you, do, yes, you think, do you think three hookers are enough um, for um, the season ahead? I think so. I, I mean, I think the only the, the downside for Moulton was inconsistency, really, um, because, you know, he, we've seen him come on and, and, and have an absolute stormer. But, um, you know, he's just been inconsistent. And like Pete said, the last couple of games, really, actually, with the, the final nail in the coffin. And personally, I think if... Um, if Harry Facker stays fit, then I think we've we've got more than enough for next season when we when we do eventually go back. Well, again, I think we've talked about it on the last two podcasts that um, you know it's such a strange situation that we're in. I'm sure they won't be dishing out contracts to new players until they have some kind of idea when we're playing a game. But I, I do get a little bit concerned that uh, at such a key position as hooker that potentially to have uh, just one senior pro in Thacker um, and two basically in the academy, um, uh, just might leave us a little bit short because it is a very attritional um, place. But we'll have to wait and see. So best of luck to Sean Moulton um, and, uh, yeah, wish him well for the uh, his future. Let's look at Nathan Chamberlain then. So let me come to you, Lee. Um, somebody that was really hitting the uh, the, the news towards the end um, of the, the playing um, season before the lockdown, um, storming games for the under-20s for Scotland. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, him moving to uh, Edinburgh? I, um, for me, I think this is potentially the, the big for Bristol because um, obviously we've seen Chamberlain play a few times and no he's still a, a, a young prospect but I think this kid's got everything to be a potential star and um, and the reason you know why he's going to Edinburgh um, to obviously fulfil his Scottish ambition but I, it's a it's a it's a be, I'll be sad to see him go even though obviously he's just coming through you know the, the academy ranks but I've, I do rate this guy really highly and um, and I think potentially we, we will miss someone of his calibre in, in a few years to come but I did think it was a nice touch obviously um, you know Bristol released him from his, the final year of his contract as well which was which was a nice touch for you know to, to kind of give him the, the send off but I think I think potentially we you know we could miss a player like that in a couple of years time yeah, Pete, let me come to you. So that leaves us with uh, Sheedy, um, Tiff Eden and Jan Lloyd. Um, again, is is that enough for a, a specialist position? Uh, I know you could argue every position is specialist, but uh, certainly fly half. Uh, as we found out, when was it? The when time before we, we were in the uh, premiership, did we get through about seven fly halves by Christmas? I know we were incredibly unlucky that year, but... Um, you know, is three enough? 
Well, I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, in the worst case scenario, no, free isn't enough. Um, but again, you know, in the in the kind of uh, the, the new era of where we may have to have sort of trim squads, so it's going to be the same for, for everyone. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Didn't um, Henry Purdy, could he, is he a potential um, fill-in at fly-off as well? Has he played there a couple of times? I, I kind of vaguely seem to think he, he might have done. So maybe, you know, he's a, maybe a little bit of a utility type back as well you know and had obviously had a, had a great kind of loan spell uh, which turned into a contract um, yeah it's, it's hard well, to we, tell I mean I'll tell you what though Yoan Lloyd after having been having played that game for Wales and be and seen like Chamberlain totally dismantle his side I, he probably in the sort of nicest possible way we quite pleased that he's gone to Edinburgh because he might have been worried that he might have uh, been pushed down the pecking order after that game yeah, and of course... We've got to remember as well, I mean, sorry. Yeah, go on, Lee. I was going to say, we've got to remember as well, because Max Malians can play there as well, can he? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, so we, we, yeah. we potentially got four, and Tiff Eden, you know, we, we've all we've all rated Tiff Eden very highly, and if, I think he, he definitely wouldn't let us down if he was uh, if he was called upon. So, I think, you know, with Malians there as well, we have got four. So, you know, and obviously that season that you were talking about, that dreaded season... We got to remember we had uh, Henson was was literally first game of the season out, wasn't he? And Sheedy, I mean, I'm touching wood as I'm saying this, does seem to be uh, a bit more durable. Um, so hopefully four will be enough, I think, for the for the season. Yeah, no, it's a good good point you make about Max Malins. I, I I'd forgotten that he can slot yeah. in there. So um, yeah, I think I think I think we're good. So. I mean, look forward to seeing how Nathan Chamberlain's career progresses. And, uh, you know, he certainly does look a, a, a good prospect. But once again, in these difficult times, um, you know, I think all, all clubs and squads will be trimmed to um, make ends meet. So um, that's not the only departures. We had another departure that was announced uh, in the last week, and that is... Mark Irish is um, following Jonathan Thomas out of the coaching team um, and going to Worcester Warriors next season. So what are your thoughts on that? Let me come to uh, Pete first. Well, I mean, you can you can look at it whatever way you want, I guess. I mean, the, you know, one way of looking at it is you think two coaches go into what we would consider to be a, a kind of a a less of a club when you look at the sort of big picture and the potential that Bristol's got. So you could worry a little bit about why that's happened. Um, but, you know, as, uh, as we're finding out in this world, you know, you can't, uh, you can't be too, too sure about data and uh, it could just be a coincidence that both those coaches, you know, it was the end of their natural cycle. You know, they want to push on. They've, they've got other things they want to do. Um, and it was just one of those things. And, um, you know, there's always a natural turnover of staff in any organisation. And it just might have been a bit of a coincidence that, that you know, that uh, it just happened. You know, but as I say, you, you could read it whatever way you want. Yeah, Lee, let me come to let me come to you um, because that's two out. And uh, as far as I know, we've not announced any coaches coming into the um, into the club. Do you do you think we'll see some kind of promotions from within to fill these gaps? I, I do, Tone. I think we've already obviously we've, we've got, the, you know, the, the, uh, the lads there already. But I do feel I just want to say. I think in Mark Irish's case, um, I think his wife has got some family near Worcester as well. So I think 
that was that was a point in case as well for uh, for maybe moving. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, promoting from within, I mean, we've already got um, Jordan Crane there, haven't we? Who's um, who's been working with the academy now for a period of time. So um, I think that that could be uh, you know potentially um, academy coach possibly. Um, and we've we've still got. I think we've still got Mal, Mal, Mal Downey, is it? He's still there. Um, yeah. For the forwards. Well, he's announced so, that yeah, he's, he's retiring from uh, professional rugby, isn't he, at the end of the season? Yeah. yeah. I, I, and he's one of, he's one sure. of Pat's mates from Connaught, isn't he? So, um, yeah. I mean, he's a, he, who knows? I th- you know, I think, I, think, I think, again, you know, we go back to what we've said before, you know, it's a different sort of context. Suddenly, all clubs are kind of are maybe having to be a bit more creative about about how they deploy kind of staff and and so on. And um, you know, I, I, we don't know, do we? But I, I I do wonder whether we'll see a couple of promotions. I mean, if if they're desperate, they could always give Miles a ring, couldn't they? Because obviously, he's a real he's a real hard man. He could sort the forwards out. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll tell you something. I mean, Alan Solomon's was he was only down here for five minutes, wasn't he? And he's he spent more time pinching uh, pinching our coaches than he did actually at Bristol when he was here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, let's talk about a couple of um, media interviews uh, that certainly have caught my eye in the last week or two. Um, first one was Stephen Luatoa um, talking to um, I think it was a newspaper back in New Zealand about his desire to uh, play for the Blues again um, and to uh, hopefully go back and make 100 appearances for them. Now, obviously, he's contracted with us for the next, I think, couple of years, is it? I'm not sure about that. But um, it didn't It didn't seem that there was any imminent desire to, to leave Bristol. It's kind of a place that he wants to go back and uh, finish off his career. So, um, Lee, your, your, your thoughts on the Luatoa article? Uh, it's a it's a nothing story for me, Tone. Um, I actually didn't read it in print. I actually saw it um, on the TV, and yeah, I mean the, the story was basically that obviously Luatu is going to serve his time with us. He's happy at Bristol. Um, he's he's actually said that, and it's going to be an end of end of career job, isn't it? You know, he's he's. I think he was quoted as saying something like, "If they if they need an old stager to come off the bench for." was it 20 30 appearances um and i think that's that's all it was it was kind of one of those headlines that you read in the in the print and think oh no he's gonna he's gonna go next season or something but actually uh, seeing it in the interview i mean it, it was you know two three years down the line and like they say he wants to get his under caps um and by then i mean we'd all be sending him off i mean the guy's an absolute legend isn't he so you know, he would have done his time with us for sure. And that's one of the things that that did hit me that, um, you know, there's this guy, he's an all black. He he just played for Auckland against uh, the British Lions before he came to, um, came to us, joined us in the championship um, and has just been totally magnificent in all three seasons, really. Um, he's going to be around for at least another couple of years. Um, and I, I just think we are looking at a true Bristol legend in Stephen Luatoa. And um, I think whenever he does decide to um, leave and go back to New Zealand, um, he will be, uh, he, we will have written his place in our history books. 
Um, yeah, agreed. One, one of the other things was Pat Lamb was interviewed on um, BT Sport um, Tonight on Tour, I think is the name of the programme. That was an interesting interview. Pat really talking about the culture again at the club and emphasised that when the decision was made to reduce players' wages by 25%, he insisted that it was done um, through a conference call. It wasn't going to be an email that was sent to the players. He wanted to talk to them and uh, explain to them why uh, it was necessary for that to happen. Um, And he was very proud of the fact that I think of the... 13 clubs that have got premiership shares so um, that's obviously including Newcastle as well we're the only club where the playing group haven't formally uh, written to the club through the RPA the rugby union um, to um, object to 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 the the cut so um, I think that says a huge amount about the culture in Bristol the other thing that was really interesting was him confirming that uh, Sinclair Ed and Rad Radra will be Bristol players come the 1st of July absolute definite um, and as far as Malins and Earl their uh, loan spell will start on the 1st of August so um, just thinking about those players coming in um, in July and August Pete your thoughts, really, um, that, you know, p- potentially we might be seeing some uh, some big stars that we thought we'd have to wait till the autumn to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, none of us, um, you know, at the end of that Harlequins game, that, that good, the last game, none of us would have thought that the next time we watch Bristol play, we'd be seeing... Uh, seeing those players in there um, but you know I'm slightly concerned that it might be quite a long time before we actually see them but yeah I mean it's it's great I mean you know everyone's talking about um, how kind of you know it's been really difficult in the lockdown we're missing everything but we are probably one of the teams and one of the sets of fans that have got so much to look forward to when we do finally come out whether it's two months three months or whatever um, there can't be you know there must be can't be that many clubs that are you know supporters that are really licking their lips so um, the fact that we know for a fact, you know, we know now that the next time we see Bristol run out on a pitch, those boys are going to be in the team is, is, is exciting. It's something to kind of drive us through this period, Tone. And what about you, Lee? Your thoughts on the, the big five coming? <laughs> well, we've, we, we've literally, we've been talking about this like from, from the first minute, these kind of, well, even before these signings were already made. So, you know, we just want to get, everything is back to normal as we possibly can and see these guys out on the field, you know, and I just can't wait. And I just, um, I mean, obviously we can all debate whether we think it's going to be sooner or later, but I can't wait when we do eventually be able to see these guys on the field. Well, let's can I, Sorry, can I, tell you, can I, just, I just want to add one thing about the, um, the thing you mentioned about the, the pay cuts mm-hmm. um, and kind of emphasise, you know, how, you know, you were right to say it's great that, that you know, we've got this culture. But I, I also think we need to doff our hat to some of those lower paid players in the squad I know we mentioned this a long time ago that play there'll be some players who aren't on a lot of cash relative to some of the big names and you know and, it, and it's, if it's a blanket 25% you know that's quite good going for the lower paid ones 25% is a would be quite a big hit for you know for Charles Piertow it's not going to massively make a huge dent in his uh, in his kind of income so I think you know again it just shows that there could have been a bit of disquiet but um, and it obviously does emphasize 
the court of togetherness that, um, you know, unless we don't know stuff, you know, maybe Charles is subsidising a few kebabs for here and there for people. But, um, yeah, I just think it's another thing to, um, to, to bear in mind. Absolutely. Great, yeah. great that we've yeah. got a club with this, this kind of culture. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout and many more platforms. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or rating for the show. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're Bears Beyond Gate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Well, let's have a look at some of the other club news. Um, And um, I think a first for us on the podcast, Lee, you wanted to talk about gymnastics. That's completely new to me, Tony. Fire away. <laughs> it's it's, it's a wind up. <laughs> no, it was the, it, it's the... Do you want me to take over, Tone? Well, you... well it's, obviously, his, 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 his memory's going a little bit because we only talked about this half an hour off air. <laughs> this, this, this was the gym off between the, the men's and the ladies' team. Yeah, the, that's the one that I said Pete's going to have to have to deliver on this one because I have no idea what you were talking about. Well, <laughs> in that case, it must be my memory going. Pete, over to you. Well, uh, just to just to, to um, uh, remind you what we said, Lee was yeah, as, as, as rightly as you rightly pointed out, you you didn't see this, but yeah, there was some sort of uh, there was a great little social media challenge where the the the, the ladies challenge the blokes to a kind of gymnastics type uh, sort of gym off where they all kind of filmed each other doing lots of different sort of uh, gymnastics things and there was some sort of quite a lot of interest in uh, quite a lot of interesting techniques um, uh, amongst the men and it was put to a Twitter poll as well so fans could like vote who they thought was best and I think in the end it was a very 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 um, tight run thing. I think the women won by like one percent. It was fifty-one to forty-nine. Um, but it was kind of led. Apparently, I, I read somewhere or I've heard somewhere, it was led by Jake Woolmore actually, and he was he was kind of dressed up as the guy from The Greatest Showman, and there was all sorts of uh, uh, interesting stuff going on. And um, I mean, one or two players, uh, and I think Pat mentioned this on a BT Sport on a. Bristol Sporting View, one or two players doing stuff that even Pat didn't realise they could do. He was quite impressed. <laughs> but also one or two players who were shocking. I mean, couldn't do like even do a forward roll properly or a, or a proper handstand. So it, it was a bit of lighthearted fun um, that I obviously quite enjoyed doing. Um, you know, and it got the fans involved. I showed the kids, they enjoyed it. So it's uh, something, you, you, you shame you missed it, Lee. Well, I do not. I just want to interject this point because I have had a, a bit of a social media uh, blackout. For, for the last few weeks so hence the reason i had no idea what we were talking about just to um just to defend myself you, no need to defend yourself it's it's my bad memory um okay well let's um it, congratulations to the lady yeah i think that vote was even tighter pete i think it was 50 50 and they had to go down to a count of the actual um votes itself but the percentages were 
almost level um despite some lobbying from the men's team on on social media in the closing hours of the campaign to uh, to try and get the win um something else that's been uh, happening i think that was uh, about a couple of weeks ago now um and that was the killy stair climb that um the Bristol Bears Community Foundation team did to raise money. Um, um, Deck Armstrong got in contact with the podcast. Deck, well done to you and to all the team that took part. Um, as far as I know, I, I think the last figure I saw was about three grand that was raised for the foundation, I think for St. Peter's Hospice as well. So uh, a fabulous effort there. Um, yeah, well done, everyone. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to remind people as well that the the club, um, the rewards to spend in the club shop, they run out on the 31st of May. So definitely worth checking to see if you've got any cash rewards left. Having said that, I'm not sure there's a hell of a lot in the club shop that um, you, you, you can buy at the moment unless you're an XXXL or um, an extra small. But um, one of the things we'd uh, talked about um, off air is uh, possibly the slightly stingy um, sale offers that the club have. Um, I don't know, um, Pete, whether you want to pick this up. I think you're being rightly so tone quite diplomatic there um i mean it seems a bit stingy 30 percent it was i mean you know i would have thought that no one's going to use anymore <laughs> yeah i mean i would have thought you know stick it half price half price sounds good doesn't it people be flocking to that 30 percent i don't know when it was like you know it was kind of down to 40 quid you think you know this kind of time where maybe there's a few people who are you know a bit tight on the cash and all that sort of stuff it would have you know i don't know where you know i don't know it just seemed a bit odd it just seemed an opportunity particularly when you, you think when we went to um that tigers away game in january yeah. and they were already discounting their their seas their um shirts from about 40 50 50 percent yeah yeah stock. so i don't know i mean i think it's a continuation of, of of probably the same problem you know that's uh that's going to run its course uh in the kind of current sort of contract and then maybe we'll we'll look forward to some sort of new system if if and when um there's a you know new merchandise come in with the umbro contract well it's, it's all gone a bit quiet on the umbro contract I, I mean i sincerely hope that that's still um in the offing uh and if it is it makes it even more bizarre to me why they're not trying to sell the Bristol sports stuff um, as quickly as possible because I don't know do you, do you, you won't want that alongside um, the Umbro kit and I would imagine there's contracts as well that says uh, it shouldn't be there alongside it so uh, come on Bristol sport maybe you can uh, tempt us into spending the last bit of uh, rewards cash with some better offers as the month progresses um, I've only got £4.50, I think, so I'm pretty much written that off. Yeah, I think I've got about a fiver, so I can afford one yeah. sock. Um, and that's, I'm, I'm six, but six they're, they're out of stock. <laughs> Um, well, that, that's it for club news. Um, now, I just wanted to talk about, because we, we delayed the, um, recording the podcast slightly so we could all watch the Prime Minister's statement this Sunday evening. And, well, I, I'm not sure where it leaves plans for the Premiership's return. Certainly, um, the way I read it, then um, 
nothing at all this side of the 1st of July as far as any opportunity, uh, as far as I can see, to start uh, rugby again. Lee, your thoughts? No, I, I totally agree with you, Tony. I, I think there's there's zero percent chance of anything before the first of july um and i think i mean obviously like the prime minister said i mean it's a bit of a suck it and see job um all round, isn't it i mean you know we're taking all this um you know day by day week by week really um i i have my doubts that we will have anything even past that date to be perfectly honest with you, but that's just my own personal opinion. And obviously we've got to remember that coming out of Germany as well, um, you know, we, we now know that we've got a second flight of um, the virus coming from Germany now. So, you know, it's, it's still so complicated. And I think, you know, all we can do is again, a week at a time and, and you know, a month at a time and assess it and then go again, really. Pete, your thoughts, because one of the things that, that struck me when he was talking this week that um, people that can't work from home sh- will be encouraged to go back to their workplaces, and they were talking about construction sites and factories. Um, I, I wonder whether rugby players would be considered in that group, whether you know you can be considered working from home if you're you're a professional sportsman. Your, your thoughts on that, Pete? Well, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at it, if what they're saying is that if a, if an organisation in an office or a factory or a shop can follow the guidelines to, you know, to, to, to create a socially distant sort of situation, then they want them to go back to work. So, you know, training is work. Now, obviously, if they went back to, to Clifton Rugby Club to train and they had systems in place in the clubhouse and changing, they were at a queue and all that sort of stuff, which they can be do. you know, they obviously can't do any contact work, but, you know, they could do like shuttle runs up and down the pitch and just the fact that they're training with each other, get a bit of a competitive situation, you know, they can pass the ball down the line, can't they? And I mean, they could all be wearing, um, you know, little masks and gloves as they pass it or something like that. And, uh, you know, this, even if it was just, I imagine, even if it was just for an hour or two in a day where they, they get the squad together and they, as I said, they have little races and they have, you know, they have sort of non-contact training to get their fitness up. That, that little competitive edge may be quite important to, to be ready that, you know, to, if, if and when there is some sort of game scenario and clearly it's not going to be, it's only ever going to be behind closed doors. I mean, it, it, I can't see any other scenario at the moment, um, you know, it, it, to get the fitness. So although we might joke about it a little bit, I, I think I don't see why not. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. And, and we, we've got the pro 14 um, that uh, I think that, that looks like that season's over the top 14 in France. That's confirmed that their season's finished and no clubs will play until September. So that's got the implications for the it, European it, competition. I mean, to be honest, Tony, let's be honest about this. It, they'll wait and see what football does. You know, that's the reality, isn't it? Yeah. We exactly. see what our Premier League does. And if the Premier League do something, then rugby may follow. I mean, it's interesting. I know this is not part of the pot, but it's just an interesting context is that, you know, that the Premier League are talking about behind closed doors and we're now the likes of Watford, Norwich and uh, and Villa and um, who else is in the bottom? Bournemouth are like, well, hang on, what about our, you know, the one, we're, we're at the bottom and home advantage is quite important to us. So uh, there's all these issues with, you know, they're not, you know, behind closed doors is kind of, you know, it takes away a bit of a, advantage i mean you know as a southampton fan actually i look forward to behind closed doors because our home form is shocking but um it's uh 
I, I, I mean, and even in Germany, you know, they all that is it. One of those teams is um, Dresden has, has now gone into quarantine. The whole squad because someone someone tested for a bit positive. So, yeah. but I can't see. I just can't see this. How? I mean, they're, they're desperate to try it football, but I don't think rugby will go anything on go out on a limb. It will just follow. follow no, the I mean it's, it's like it's like Pete said, Tone. I mean, the thing is that we're waiting on what the Premiership are going to decide and the premiership are basically waiting on what's what's going to happen in the Bundesliga in the moment so we're all kind of waiting to see what but they're already you know they're a few weeks in front of us on their schedule so we'll see what happens there and then we can make a decision but obviously all this is going to take time and with the French football league being cancelled and um, obviously the Pro 14 I, I can't see us Doing anything different, to be to be perfectly honest with you. Um, if I was a betting man, I think the odds are on it will just be scrapped. Yeah. The, season will be, it will, it, the worst case, it will be voided. But I, obviously, they can't really void it because you've still got to decide no. on, on Europe. And I think they'll just yeah. say, tough, you know, top six are in champions, bottom six are in the challenge, if there is one. And, you know, we've said this before, but thank God that the, in some ways the rugby, Premier Rugby are thinking, thank God that Saracens got relegated because that would have been the big thorny issue um, is like dealing the relegation, but that's kind of sorted. So it's almost paved the way for a bit of, and if anyone who's seventh, whoever's seventh in the league at the moment moans about it, so we should try a bit harder earlier in the season. So yeah, I, I, I might then raise the Saracens thing. But anyway. I, I've got to be honest with, you know, even trying to compare football and rugby, there's so much more physical contact in rugby. Uh, yeah. You know, the scrums, the mauls, the rucks. Yeah. Uh, I, I just cannot see how, how it can restart. Um, and to be honest, from my point of view, I, I've kind of, I've emotionally written the season off anyway. Um, and if you were to say to me, um, we could finish the season in a flurry of games and they'd all be behind locked doors in neutral venues and it'll then impact the next season. Do you know what I'd say? Well, let's let's scratch this season then. As you say, I think the issues can be resolved quite easily with Saracens already relegated. Um and I, I, I'd rather see us have a uh, a full season for 2021 than try yeah. and squeeze in the the remaining games. And, and to be honest, that goes with the European competitions as well. We were in prime position, but could you imagine Sami Radraja if we get through to the semi final? He's then um, playing Bordeaux. Um, yeah, it, it, yes. would, it would just be ludicrous. So, um, and, and also, I mean, we have to remember this season was, you know, we were kind of short and on length of time because of the World Cup anyway. So, you know, we're, we're already, we were already, um, you know, later into starting the season anyway. So, I, I can't see it happening as well. And it, it's okay. We talk about construction site and people being able to go to work there. That's fine. They're, they're able to do that. But these guys are professional athletes. And they, all right, they can they can run up and down the field, but part of their training, a huge part of their training, is the physicality of what they do for a living. And it's not really training if they're not doing what they would do from Monday to Friday during the week. No, yeah, no. I mean, I, I mean, I guess it's got to be. I, I totally agree with you. But I guess I mean at the moment, you know, I, I guess it would be slightly better than what they're doing at home. Um, 
you know, I mean, I can imagine Sam Bedlow and Jake Woolmore are probably scrumming down in the living room from time to time to have a little bit of a practice, but uh, they live <laughs> together. But, uh, you know, but it's, you're right. I mean, I think, you know, I'm sure that this is all part of, Pat, you know, I'm sure the coaches are sitting now off. They'll be sat down tomorrow morning and start re, re like Pat says, you know, every time we get new information, we re, re sort of structure our plan. And, you know, they might have a plan in place to, you know, say, well, if there's no, if there's no games until September, you know, we still got to do something with them. <laughs> the boys are still kind of contracted. Yeah. Of so, yeah. Um, just for their mental health, I think maybe, I mean, I, you know, it's the same, having said all that, I don't want to get too, I mean, it's all the same for all of us, isn't it? I mean, you know, we're all stuck at home, most of us. And, um, you know, it, it would be nice. Uh, it would be, I'd quite like to go out for, <laughs> like for a bit of a, someone to organise a bit of exercise. But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, just for their mental health, as you say, because they are professional sportsmen, it's kind of what they do, that even that might be good for them, just just from a sort of sensible point of view. So well, there, there time we, will tell though, boys, won't it? There we are, Pete. I think um, Boris Johnson did say that, is it from Wednesday, you can go um, out more than once and undertake sporting activities with your family. With your so, family. So if you, you know if you, if you if you want a bit of contact um, yeah. rugby with the girls, then um, you know you should be all right. Well, yeah, I, I think we will. We, we'll do a little. Uh, we could have like a little scrum. We, two, you could have two against two, can't you? And uh, um, yeah, I, I think. Oh, uh, now those people that have got big families, you know, there's one or two in the country, and they've got like ten kids. They'll be thinking, yeah, we can have a five side game now and stuff like that. Because <laughs> you've got you've got three girls in your house, so it'll be three on to one. It won't be two against two. Oh, I just think I think we'll just go. We'll just probably have a massive pile on in the in, in the park. Yeah, it'll be that will be the exercise <laughs> chasing daddy and then pile on top of him. <laughs> which is uh, that sort of bit I am it did make me laugh we both laughed at that me and my missus when he, Boris said that I thought where did you put that just sounds so stupid to say you could place it was almost as if he said it. you know sometimes he can't help himself and I just wonder whether that was off the script when he just kind of said it because it, it makes no sense to say you could do sports with your family you know like well, I don't know what he's I suppose you could play but you can't play tennis because the tennis courts aren't open so I, you I don't have to remember I mean but Boris has got what four or five kids anywhere yeah. hasn't he so there's there's like six well, of them maybe. and yeah. but I'll tell you what I would I would rather be stuck inside than playing sports with the Prime Minister after yeah. some of the some of the awful challenges I've seen in football well, you know in these in these celebrity football matches that he's played in yeah. you know I'd be I'd rather stay at home and uh, play on the Xbox well of course so I mean, have you got the ideas what well, you're gonna would you go out with your uh your family, have you got any ideas for sports in the park? Well, there's three of us that so would be difficult to have even teams, but I, I was going to comment more about Miles, really, because you, you you think with his estate, uh, you know, he's got the tennis courts, he's got the polo pitch. Yeah. I think he, he's even, did he, did he he develop that nine-hole golf course at one point, didn't he? I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure he's got he's that as well. So he's, I, Last he told me, got his handicap down to uh, to five. He's been out on his uh, his course every day. Yeah, so... And he's, he's got the... He's got the archery course as well hasn't he but evidently there you know uh, with golf courses you're not allowed to touch your pole when um, when you go out when you when well, you... miles is going to have a big problem with that <laughs> when when you've got your putter 
out. So. I wonder if they're actually on that note. They might. I wonder if they will open golf courses. Because well, I wouldn't mind. I could go for a round of golf with the, the girls. Actually, no, I'm thinking it, about it. Seriously, there was an article that I read last week that um, they do hope, and you know, when golf courses open again, um, that you will not be able to take the flags out. They're going to adjust the the laws of golf, um, and that's one of the things. So when you putt, you you won't be able to remove the flag to um, obviously yeah, but prevent. Totally the, they've done that already. Tony, they, they brought that's that one in. That's not going to affect Pete anyway because he gets nowhere near the. <laughs> yeah, like, you've never seen me play golf. Actually, that's one thing about the players because I mean, your professional sportsmen do like a bit of golf, and the rugby players do like a bit of golf. So that might be something that be a saviour for them if the golf, if uh, Clifton yeah. and um, uh, what's the golf course next to the new training ground? It's Clifton and. Um, is uh, Long Ashton. Long Ashton. No, Long Ashton is the other one. It's the other one. It's one, one uh, Clifton and whatever it's called, uh, the fancy one. So I bet they'll uh, they'll be desperate for their golf courses to open. Some of those boys. Um, so actually, on that note, though, just a, one thing I I was thinking was um, I think they're still working, aren't they, on the training ground? Um, yes. And they were still yeah. planning on getting that ready because that was something Pat mentioned in the the the, the, the uh, Bristol Sport interview I saw and they're hoping that you know that'll be ready for September and it, and he's, he even said he reckons it'll be the best in the world wow. best training ground in the world well that's some boast I wonder if they're painting the two metre exclusion lines as, as as they do their finishing yeah. touches to it yeah I might go for a little jog up there actually and have a look at it because uh, you know there's no one around is there so uh, see, yeah. what, see how it's getting on no, but it's it's great that that um, you know if, if if work is continuing and that is going to be ready for the season, it, it just again builds the anticipation, doesn't it? Yeah. With the great players that we've already talked about that are joining to have that world class facility, you know, to have Pat Lamb secured as our director of rugby f- um, in, into the future. Um, we've just got so much to be excited about as yeah. Bristol Bears fans. It is a shame that this season has been curtailed. It will be a shame if it's stopped, but gosh, the future is bright for Bristol Bears. And I think on that note, let's let's wrap it up for tonight. Lee, Pete, thank you so much for your company today uh, on the phone. Please stay safe, look after your families. And um, when there's more Bristol Bears news to talk about, Bears Beyond the Gate will be back with it. So from all of us, good night, stay safe. Stay safe, stay alert. (laughs) Stay safe, everyone.